Hey there, welcome back to the We Are Wayfarers podcast, a space to dig deeper, walk closer, and lean into the deeper things together. We are Ben and Crystal Woods, and we are your hosts today as we talk through the importance of having fellow wayfarers around you as you journey through this life toward the next. We're so grateful that you would take the time to join us for this conversation and so hopeful for the ways that God will use it to encourage and challenge your heart today. Thanks for joining us again. This is season two, episode two of the We Are Wayfarers podcast. And we are excited to be here with you today in this space, digging into something that um, we feel really passionate about and and, uh, would love to share with you. But first, if we would just want to talk about the podcast, if it is serving you, if it is something that has encouraged you or that is speaking to your heart, then we are just hopeful that you would let us know about it. We want to hear from you. We want to hear um, about what God is doing in your heart and in your life. And so if you have the, the a second, just feel free to They're shoot gonna us need more than a second. An email <laughs> <laughs> or or a text or messenger a message, pigeon. A comment. I mean, yes. No, I I, I we want to hear from everybody. Yeah, we absolutely want to hear from everybody. We and I would love to know like where people are listening from, how they're listening. I know we've had a lot of people tell us that they listen to and from work. We've had a lot of people tell us that like they tried doing that, but then they're like, no, I need to be alone and be somewhere in a place of solitude in order to listen without being distracted with, you know, road rage and all those things and stuff <laughs> like that. So some people have told us that it's helpful to do like while they're at the gym or when they're running, when they're doing things that I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine if I tried when I go to the gym, like I no, there's no way I would be able to concentrate. But for some people, it works. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, but we also have um, on our, our page or wherever you are listening to this episode, um, there's opportunities for you to share this with other people by rating, reviewing, and following. If you find yourself here, we would love to see that um, if you could click the follow button so that other people could recognize, hey, this person thought that was useful. Maybe I should try it out too. Yeah, because what we've learned is that so many of the people who are following on and listening, it's because somebody told them about it. Yeah, because um, everybody has a podcast. Good I mean. heavens, everybody has a podcast. <laughs> right? And I honestly have not listened to a ton, but the the options out there are kind of overwhelming. <laughs> and by kind of, you mean totally. <laughs> so, I mean, the reality is life is full and it's full for everyone. And we're just incredibly grateful for the fact that you've made room for us. Yeah. So we're grateful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for today, what we're hoping to try to um, build the conversation around is the, the, the truth that it matters who you have in your circle. Um, God has just surrounded us personally with people to wayfair alongside us, people to hold us up and pull us forward, people to link arms with us um, and to inspire us and encourage us and challenge us as we move forward together. These are people that you sometimes call truth tellers and grace givers. Yes, the people we do life with. I, you know, I mean, even that phrase alone, people are like, what does that mean to do life with people? It's who are you in rhythm with? Who are the people that 
you're not just seeing day to day, but you're engaging day to day in meaningful, ongoing ways. And for us, yeah, the phrase I use all the time is how necessary it is to surround yourself with truth tellers and grace givers. That's the people who are going to love you enough to tell you the truth and they're going to love you enough to give you the grace that you need. There's a whole bunch to talk about that because I think um, when it comes to truth and grace, right, like we, well, we kind of measure of both. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus came as the full measure of both. He didn't come as some like 70, 30, 60, 40, 50, 50 split. He came as the full measure of both. And where we tend to get in trouble is we try to find another percentage breakdown, right? And that can either make us kind of harsh sometimes or so loosey-goosey that we don't know if we're moving anywhere on mission together. (laughs) Yeah, they're heavy on the truth or heavy on the grace. Yeah. And that's messy, right? Like that. That's messy. But it's so necessary, though, to have those people around you who are willing to um, to tell the truth, willing to give grace. Those are those are important pieces of of our journey forward. If we're going to use the Brave Way Home metaphor of we are journeying toward heaven, arm in arm, linked together, following our shepherd home. Um, you need those people around you who are willing to get messy, who are willing to get into the trenches, who are willing to um, risk a confrontation or willing to sacrifice and give grace. Oh, and it's the life of the church. Yeah. Right. It is, it is the story that we are all invited it's into. It's the gift of the church. It's the gift of the church. Yes, because as we're invited in, it is our classroom to learn how to love one another. Right. I mean, we're made for relationships. We're designed for relationships. And those are messy because we're involved. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's all it's also natural because as you love Jesus, it births in you a beautiful love for the people around you. Yeah. So the natural response is a selfish response, but the Christ centered response is a selfless, the new natural. Right. With new nature comes new mission, right? right? And so I I know for me, when I think about who are the people that I need in my corner, who are the people I need in my circle, on my team, I think of those relationships of who are the people, what are the voices that can be trusted that are going to keep pointing my heart towards heaven and home? Who's going to be pointing my heart to the person of Jesus? And... It's not to say, oh, you cut everybody else out of your life. It's that you have an inner circle of people that are that God is using to refine your heart and prune your heart and and groom your heart, right? right. Like to 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 keep making room for Holy Spirit to have all the room necessary to transform your heart into Christ likeness so that our ways would look like Jesus. And I think that it's kind of, it's up to us to curate that circle, to choose which voices you give credence to, which voices you allow access to your heart, which voices you're going to um, listen to, which voices pull you forward on your journey. Whose Um, words have weight in your life. And not everyone is supposed to be a tell everything to friend. Um, You have to choose your circle well. So let's talk about friends for a second then. Okay. Right? I mean, what are friends? Who are friends? I know I'm not saying rattle off names. I'm saying, like, bring definition, <laughs> right? I'm your, I'm your friend. <laughs> you're my friend. <laughs> you're my friend. No, I mean, like, what are friendships? Friendships, these are the, these are the people 
that God has put in our path that we aren't just locking arms with. These are people who, these are enduring relationships because there's trust there. There's love there, right? Yeah. These are the people who, they they applaud your success. They cheer you on because they've prayed for it instead of be threatened by it. Yeah. Right? You've shared your experiences. You have common um goals you're you're moving toward a common destination yeah but there's an enduring bond yeah that says wherever we're going we're going there together Mm -hmm. right and so yeah i think when i think of truth tellers and grace givers it comes from that circle the people that are not just cheering you on um but also the people who love you enough to help you get back in line and move in that direction if you find yourself wandering off in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, these are your fellow wayfarers, your trusted voices. These are your people. The the places and, and spaces that you're comfortable being known and knowing other people because spiritual formation happens best in the context of community. Like we're made to spur one another on to learn to become more like Jesus alongside one another to practice and grow in love and forgiveness and kindness and sacrifice and generosity with those around us. Yeah. So surround yourself with people that care deeply about your spiritual well-being, right? Those are your wayfarers that are walking most closely with you. Right. And I think there's nothing like crisis that clarifies your need for community like these are the relationships that have been actively being used by God to develop and to form and to pull us and point us to Jesus and in crisis these are the things that we have leaned on that we have needed that the people who have wrapped their arms around us and just unique ways, the people who have loved us the way that they know how, the people who have chosen to just continue to faithfully and gently point us to Jesus while walking alongside us. Yeah, these relationships that they were pertinent before crisis came into our life. They were pertinent before, oh yeah, before grief entered our world and invaded our world. These are relationships that for the most part, many of them They were woven into the fabric of all of our rhythms of life. And I think that's a grace afforded us because God was using these relationships to shape us before, and he's still using them to shape us now. And that's why it matters so deeply, the community you find yourself in, the circle you find yourself in, the people you wayfair with, that you are reminded you do not wayfair alone. Mm -hmm. Because when calamity comes, when crisis comes, when hard things come, when grief comes into your life, those are the people that God has already ordained a place around you to walk with you. And he will bring more people in, Mm -hmm. but he's already put people in your life to journey with you because he knows our instinct, right? He knows our instinct. When storms hit, we naturally want to isolate or pull away or get away from everybody, whether it's because the pain is so deep or we don't want to inconvenience anyone or burden them with our authenticity, right? Like we, our instinct is to pull away from the community that we have. And the truth of it is when hard things happen, they will either push us away or we will draw closer. And I think the choice of a wayfarer that recognizes they don't wayfare alone is to cling tightly to him. Yeah. 
and, that's and certainly, tightly to those alongside, right? Yeah, and that's certainly been our experience. I know that um, God has been good to us to put people around us who love us so well. And, and who, keep loving us so well. Yeah, yeah. So we just want to spend some time talking about some of the people that are, are in our circle, some of the people who have locked arms with us and journeyed really closely with us in this season. And that's really, in so many ways, kind of the heart behind what we hope to share here in season two. We want to weave in more stories and introduce more fellow wayfarers, people who have entered in to our story and they've continued journeying with us. They've found themselves, some already present in our story, and some have found themselves intersecting with our story through our grief and through where God has had us been walking in the last few years. And so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we introduced Ezra and Lila last week, yeah. because they are our closest wayfarers, right? They, they are here among us, with us, arms truly locked with us. And so because of all these people that God has woven into our life that have been such a source of encouragement, we just want to share about them and hopefully prayerfully it will prompt your heart to recognize who are my people? Who is my circle? Who is in my corner? Who who are the people that are my truth tellers and my grace givers, my fellow wayfarers? Yeah, absolutely. When I think about the people who are journeying closest, like my inner circle, it's definitely including Ezra and Lila, um, but it's also including you. And I, <laughs> yeah, I hope. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we can not mention that. Like, um, you and I are side by side pursuing Jesus. We are partnering in discipleship. We are pointing each other um, to Jesus, moment after moment, linking arms walking forward, encouraging each other on. And I mean, there's an intimacy in the pain that nobody knows this journey like you do and like I do. Nobody knows um, the depths of my heart like like you do. Um, and that's not to say that our grief isn't unique. It definitely is. Um, you're Cala's daddy and I'm Cala's mommy and like, there's unique ways that that plays out, but there's also just an intimacy in that we know so much about the journey that we're walking and we're, we're um, allowing each other into those, those spaces of our hearts to um, be vulnerable, to be authentic, um, but also ready to receive um, the encouragement and the sharpening and the challenge that walking forward needs to have. Well, I think as we've said before, there's our grief is unique and yet still united, yeah. right? It's yeah. unique, but it's united. And I think, I know I say this all the time. I say this in every wedding um, <laughs> that I officiate. I am at my best when you are at my side. So wherever that is, wherever that goes, I'm at my best when you are at my side. And so I think there's we, it would be silly to not talk about the way we are wayfaring with one another. So definitely that's the inner circle. That's you and me in this together. Um, and then the layer, another layer is the layer of our families. You have amazing parents. I have amazing parents. God has blessed us with 
so many examples of faithfulness and um, endurance and um, obedience to him in our parents and in our siblings, all of our siblings and their families, people who, these are the people who love us and support us and serve each other in so many ways. Um, We're straight up circus. Um, We are far (laughs) from perfect, but we, but there's like, there's something beautiful about, um, I think about the way my parents have shaped my faith. Like I've, I have, Decades upon decades, my entire life of having a front row seat to watching my mom and dad love Jesus deeply, love each other deeply, and love us children deeply at, I mean, at, at all cost. And I think that that enduring example, um, fixing their eyes on what is ahead and in embracing the good and the hard as all things to, to wayfare through. I mean, I feel like I've had that example my whole life in in my mom and dad. Yeah, me too. Um, and when we talk about embracing the hard, even in this last season of suffering that we are in, that they are in, we're all grieving alongside each other. We're all kind of processing and clinging to Jesus alongside each other. And that's just such a picture of wayfaring to me, how every person in our family loves Kala has a connection with Kala, remembers Kala, honors Kala, and allows her example to point them to Jesus. There are so many things, like examples I can think of right now in my brain, where your brother put him his heart and soul into a gardenscape. Um, and that was yeah. just how he processed his grief over Kala. He had a unicorn stone um, painted and all kinds of beautiful flowers that he grew. And that was just like an expression of of his love for Kala. My mom made bracelets, all kinds of like love like Kala bracelets that she um, made and gave to people or sold to people, just kind of pressing into Kala's vision of supporting kids in Romania. Your sister and her family. Yeah. I mean, they, they planted a tree. They planted a Kala tree in their yard and they decorate it. And I, I mean, I can't help but think of these are, these are big expressions, but these are silly ones too. Like my brother, the, he put up a pool in his backyard and the first thing he wanted to do is put a, a white unicorn floaty in there for Kala. That's Kala's, you know, it's just big things, little things, just the ways that they express love. It, it's, it helps my heart to know that we're in this together. We love her together. Yeah. And there's, I think, a sensitivity. And I think one of the things is they've embraced the language of wayfaring, but they've also embraced our language of the way that we are navigating grief. Um, they've they've embraced it and adopted it. And I think there's there's so much permission for the uniqueness of their grief expressions. But again the unitedness of as a family looking to Jesus, well, then the way we're going to lock arms with one another, it's it's going to look like faithfulness in the way that we support one another and build up one another and the way that we honor one another. And I, I think often of how when we speak of Kala in the present tense, because I think that's a big component, like she's more alive than any of us here. Mm-hmm. Um and and I get it. I understand why people use past tense 
language. Um, but for us, it makes perfect sense to speak of her in the present tense because it's it captures, I think, where she is. Yeah. And, and I think it points our with. hearts forward. So yes. she's not yes. gone. Yeah. And I think and I think that our family they've embraced that. They've embodied that. And and I, I think that again, I know not everybody's family looks the same. I know not everybody's family is supportive. And I know that every family comes with messes, right? But it's not just our brothers and our sisters. It's not just our our moms and our dads. I mean, it is our nieces and our nephews, because whenever we gather as a family, we say this often, it's hard to be with family and it's hard to be away from family because we feel the Kala gap significantly. And we are reminded we're not the only ones that feel that Kala gap. Yeah. But again, there is just that intimacy in the pain that we all know. Um, we know what that empty space at our table represents and we feel the grief that she's not here, but we also feel the hope that we're coming to her. Yeah, but also the joy of all of the moments afforded us. Yes, right. all the ones we have had. Listening to our nieces and our nephews tell those funny stories um, and speak of their love. Um, I will never tire of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another layer in our circle of... Um, of our friends, just there have been people who, you know, I've been friends with for years and there've been people who have become dear friends, um, here just in this last stretch who have been such a source of encouragement, who continually let me know that I'm on their heart. They invite me into their world and they come into mine, even when it's messy, even when it's painful, even when it's dark, they don't kind of push away from that. They're, they're ready to jump in and it doesn't feel like an inconvenience to them. Um, it, they make me feel like they're with me on purpose and they want it to be. And I think that's just, um, that's so huge when, I, when we're talking about the people, the voices that we allow to um, impact our hearts. And when you say they're pursuant, like I think so much of the time, Let's talk about grief again, specifically in this, of how a lot of times in grief, when we want to help and we want to come alongside and we don't exactly know how, our mind will go to, just tell me what you need. Tell me what you need and I'll do that. And that's that, that speaks of that love, right? Yeah. But I think a lot in this circle have recognized we don't always know what we need. Wherever no. <laughs> we don't We don't know how to put it to words, but it won't that won't impede them from being present. Mm -hmm. They make a conscious choice to pursue us to say, I'm with you. Yeah. And I think like it's, it's easy to self isolate for me, at least my personality. It's easy for me to try to dig a hole far away and, and just kind of crawl into it. Um, But I know that that is not good for my heart. I know that is not good for my soul. I know that is not pointing me to Jesus. Like there is great value in, in engaging in relationships um, around you. And I think, you know, 
it's okay to to be yourself around these people. It's okay to feel what you feel. Um, but there's no no reason that you have to feel it alone, I guess, is is the heartbeat behind why we why we open our arms even when it when we don't really even in the moments that you don't really want to, you open your arms to the people around you because you need them. Yeah, I think of people who have intentionally pursued time with me just so that I would have somebody to tell stories to and that would sit with me in my grief. Not like Job's buddies <laughs> offering all <laughs> no kinds miserable of... No miserable comforters? Yeah, not, not in, in the <laughs> sense of like... Um, being like the, the offering all kinds of unsolicited commentary that drives your heart further into the ground, but like people who have just chosen to sit with us and people that are no strangers to grief of their own, that have walked incredibly hard roads, different roads, but hard roads. And they know how necessary that space is to just talk freely and not have to second guess every phrase for fear of it upsetting somebody further, right? right? Right. Well, and I think, I mean, you said something, and I just want to, I want to make make it clear for everybody else, like, and when those kinds of friends, like Job's kinds of friends, that don't lead your your heart in the direction of Jesus, that offer bad advice or that offer hurtful things, it's okay to step back from those relationships. It's okay to take some space away from that and to not allow those voices to hit your heart, especially in a vulnerable state like this. Like, it is okay to establish boundaries um, when when you are exercising discernment and prayer and um, wisdom in those boundaries. I think that is okay. And appropriate. Yes. And healthy. Yeah, because I think there is a sensitive and vulnerable state like you're talking about. And when when those uh, when those voices maybe are wired more to protect their own comfort level in your grief, it's which is that 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 is in many ways Job's friends, right? Like they're I think they're trying to fix him. They're trying to I mean, they, they all take turns. I mean, they get a bunch of chapters, right? Devoted to a bunch of really long discourses of their thoughts and feelings about how to course correct. And much of it is just not at all what he needs. He just needed them to be present. Yeah, I think the gift of your presence is, you know, often far and above the gift of any kind of of words that you would speak. And I think that's kind of shown in Job. And I don't I don't want people to think that they have to be super careful of like like, like paranoid paranoid about yeah. what you say to people in grief. It's not people have said to me like I don't want to make you cry and I'm like I'm going to cry anyway. It, you don't make me cry. Life has made me cry. This is this is how it is for me. But I I think that there is just um there's when you pray and when you seek what the Holy Spirit has to say and you say it faithfully and you say it out of love, those are things that that speak deeply to the heart of a grieving person. Um, when you have no agenda but to point me to Jesus, I am grateful for that. And beautifully so. Isn't that also the way it is wayfaring with someone following Jesus when you're not walking in grief, right? Yeah. Like I think that to me is the 
that's how there's always pathways back. And what we learn in grief, there's always the pathways forward and pathways back to the way discipleship unfolds in our lives alongside other lives, locking arms, moving in the same direction. I think we learn the heart of Jesus and the way of Jesus and the way that we walk with one another over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Um, specific friendships that have been really important in our circles. Um, you have an accountability partner. Yeah, ever since 1998. Yeah, you've known him for years and years and years. Got to give him a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you guys have met like long distance and and for a short period of time when you were guys were uh, in the same we lived in the same yeah yeah um, but um, you you just talk on the phone and you have this relationship already established already just like like framed out that you lean on each other in good times and in bad times. I love that when you said framed out, like you're literally making motions with your hands, framing something <laughs> out. Nobody else can see that, but it makes me smile. Yes, I'm forever grateful for the bond that I have with a buddy that, again, has walked hard roads, but has forever stayed present in my life. And this is something we established in college, <laughs> sitting on the bench together, playing basketball Well, watching other people play basketball. <laughs> we played in practice and then watched other people play in the games. But that friendship that was bonded drove us to, to make room to ask each other hard, hard questions that we gave each other permission. And I, I, I can't stress it enough how valuable it is to have the person that you've given them permission to ask you the hard questions. And they know you well enough to know whether you're going to skirt the truth on it <laughs> or the, whether you're going to shoot straight or not. Yes. Yeah. And I have a friend um, who we really only started talking um, in the context of grief, but she's been amazing for me, a safe place that I can go with the things that I'm feeling and not have to worry about how that's going to impact her. Like she is a seasoned, like grief professional kind of person where she is familiar with that road and, and she knows what that looks like and she walks with people um, in all kinds of contexts and her wisdom um, has been such a, a valuable uh, tool for me, a way that has shaped my heart. But it's also just been a safe space to kind of process really complicated feelings that I've just needed another voice to um speak into me with but i would even say beyond that again we part of it part of our grief journey is pairing up with a grief counselor someone who has sat down with both of us consistently and frequently in an ongoing way but also individually and giving us that space for lament giving us that space to process out loud and helping us continue to grieve in a healthy way yeah i mean as hard as that is to say out loud, that's possible. Yeah, somebody who knows the the markers of grief and 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 some of that terrain that was that is so foreign to us at that point that he would have the guardrails to say you're not going off the rails here. This is a healthy way to process. That's that was really big. Another thing that we did was grief share, which we've talked about before as being just one of something that's really, really difficult at the very beginning. Just gut-wrenching to hear some of those stories of of sadness and of hurt and of loss and of just awful. 
but so valuable to remember that you're not in this alone, that there, there is trouble um, and hardship that is impacting so many. Um, just a picture of fellow strugglers who are like bravely learning to walk, choosing to pursue the heart of Jesus, struggling to trust, struggling to live, but they're there week after week, leaning into the hard things, running after what Jesus has set before us. And it's like, it's, you're not, you're not competing over pain, but you're sharing in it together. And it's just a space where it is okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I think when, especially when we talk about surrounding yourself with authentic, vulnerable, beautiful, biblical community in the truth tellers and the grace givers that we place around us, having the space to connect with other people familiar with the darkness that you have faced and are facing on a daily basis in grief allows you to be, to see beyond yourself, mm -hmm. right? But it mm -hmm. also allows you to give the comfort to others that they want to give to you. And there's a, a reciprocal nature about grief share that even though everyone's everyone's grief story is different and unique, there's room for every one of those stories to come alongside one another and point each other's hearts to Jesus. Yeah. And I think as you walk with other people who are hurting, your empathy, God just grows your love for them. And so that, that he uses you as a conduit of his comfort to them just as much as they are a conduit of his comfort to you. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, some? Um, we're, we're talking about groups, right? Can we yeah. can we talk about our life group? Yeah, let's I talk want to talk about our life group. group. We've been in a life group for ever, 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 ever for it, so many years. I don't even know, like six years, six. It's like eight or eight nine years? or ten. <laughs> like it's a lot. Like I mean, they, you know, like, I'm very good at details. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, when's our anniversary? You're June. waiting too June. long. <laughs> For the love of all that's holy. Okay, I'll be the detail, per detail person. Okay. It's been a long time. Yes. But this this <laughs> life like group. It's such a good detail. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. No. Uh, so, <laughs> focus, breathe. Yeah, so here's the deal, okay? Our life group. These are the people that, I mean, we have been in each other's homes week after week after week for years. Uh, our children... We've watched each other's children grow up. I've had the privilege of, of baptized several oh, of my these goodness. Kids, yeah. Like these are these are our people. Um, I I just can't stress enough how much it matters to have those kinds of people in your wayfaring journey. Right? Yeah. They sharpen our faith. Yeah, um, and specifically in this last season, they have. I mean, they're grieving Kala too. She's part of our group. She is a part of our group, and they love her. They miss her. Um, I will never forget how many of them um, were praying for us, were sending us things, who came to the hospital, um, who held her. You know, just um, such beautiful love in that group. Um, in something that we did together as a group, um, was we walked through um, Alcorn's book, Heaven, Randy Alcorn's book, um, just talking about, because somebody we love, somebody we all love is in heaven now, and we just wanted to know more about it. We wanted to know all about it that we could. And, and um, there's just such a, 
an intimacy in pursuing that knowledge through scripture together. And to take on a topic of that kind and a resource that thick. I think we talked about it in season one, like it's like a 500 page book, right? Yeah. But to do that in the context of community allowed us to ask all kinds of questions and look to one another in the way that we hold each other accountable of how we find the answers, right? Like the way, the way we can be a sounding board to one another. Again, iron sharpens iron, right? In in every season. And I I can't I can't thank Jesus enough for those people mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, other groups that we have had around us, your men's Bible studies, my women's Bible studies. Um, it's just the space that we were already engaged in, that I was already engaged in at least, um, a space to be known, to lean into scripture alongside other people, to learn what God's stirring in other people's hearts. And like, and it's been just a tangible space with tangible people circled up and supporting each other in tangible ways. It's prayer and encouragement and love spoken over each other as we pursue Jesus alongside each other. Um, I know my women's Bible study has loved me well, has loved our family well, and has loved Kala so well. And I just, um, I'm, I'm thankful for just the unique way that God has used them to surround me with people who love me, who care about me, and who are so confident alongside me of the good things that God is preparing for his people. Yeah, I think about the dudes that I'm journeying with. Like, I mean, we we circle up every week and have, I know for me, for the last two years with them. And we read the Bible together daily. And we circle up once a week to unpack what God is teaching us through it. And so it moves you, like when you're when you're in your own rhythm of basking in God's word and immersing yourself in scripture. That's beautiful. That's good. I want to be the guy that fans that into flame, but I cannot stress enough how much it matters to have that kind of rhythm with other people where you can discuss what you're learning in scripture about the character and heart of our creator. Mm -hmm. But to do that in the context of community, invaluable. Like you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. Agreed. Um, And then a very important part of our circle um, is what has now become our board, the Brave Boy Home Board. And we're hopeful to introduce a lot of you to some of these voices that have been so instrumental in the way that God is working out his calling for us. Um, And so uh, these are just the people that we feel God has placed around us us to run alongside in pursuit of this mission and this vision that we all feel called to, all feel strongly that Jesus is leading us um, to pursue together. And they all alongside us are praying for the revival that we want to see break out in the life of the church. Yeah. Because these, all of these, I mean, we've just talked about our marriage, we've talked about our family, we've talked about our life group and men's group and women's Bible study, and we've talked about people that have held us accountable, all of these people comprised that make up the life of the church. Yeah. And the church, I mean, this is the church. This is a picture of the body of the of Christ. But also like when we are sitting under teaching that just speaks to my heart, I feel um, a connection with our 
our pastor, I've never like I don't I don't know him as in a relationship, but his voice has impacted my heart deeply through the things that God has put on his heart to share with the congregation that we're a part of um, from the very beginning where with sermons like um, his series on seeing God, on never going back on the way forward, that no matter what comes through those doors. The In But Not Of series, the Strength and Courage series, these are all things that God has used to speak to my heart about how his word is 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 um, so powerful to speak to so many hearts, but that it is capable of speaking to just mine right now because he has a message and he has a um, comfort he has encouragement he has challenge to pour out through his word to me so hopefully people hear the heart in all of this that we we know that it matters who you wayfare with it matters who you lock arms with it matters who is in your circle on your team in your corner and then it matters that they be pointing your heart to the person of jesus so back to the beginning Who are your truth tellers and who are your grace givers? Who is your circle on your team, in your corner, pushing you forward with your eyes fixed on Jesus and your hearts set on heaven? We all need a place to know others and be known. We all need people to lock arms with. And we're convinced that is the body of Christ. That is the bride of Christ. That is the church. And so all these relationships that we've unpacked, that have blessed us and wayfared with us. They are expressions of the church. So we just want to encourage you to think about who is in your circle. Who are the people that God has placed around you to groom you, to grow you, to point you to Jesus? Um, We all need fellow wayfarers to journey alongside. And so rooting yourself in a community is a discipline that takes effort. Investing into these relationships, um, doing the hard work of knowing others and allowing yourself to be known, building a circle of trusted voices. These are all incredibly important steps in the journey, relationships that God will use to sustain you in storms and encourage you forward on the brave way home. Thank you for joining us once again. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear who is in your circle. And you can find us, connect with us online, any social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Shoot us a message, or you can always email us. If you go to thebravewayhome.com, we would love to hear from you.